this week's episode of the Indian Dots podcast, we discussed the following. Goran, help me. What did we discuss? I genuinely can't remember. Batching oh, versus no. hacking. Yeah. So Goran talks about batching and hacking and stacking uh, productivity shit at the beginning. So check that out because that's really fun and interesting. Uh, secondly, we also spoke about Greenpeace the and their protest that happened on... Not even the protest that happened on GMB. It was the interview that happened. And then secondly, or thirdly, I guess it is, Thirdly, we discussed how if you are a person in a position of power, can you relate to those beneath you who aren't in power? And it goes off into some mad little tangent about football and <laughs> kind of just, if you've got a track record of doing shit, you still get rewarded for it. So there's hope for everyone in the world. Anyway, we'll see you guys there. What's up, people? Welcome to this episode of the Indian Dots podcast. We are joined on this late Tuesday night. By Curran and myself. If that makes sense. We are joined. Yeah, I guess so. Because the podcast is its own entity in itself, isn't it? So we are joining the podcast, me and you. That makes sense, Curran, isn't it? That makes sense. If you, yeah, if, cool. if you say so, yeah. I, I agree. Sure. I can go. Thank you. Thank you. Uh Curran, <laughs> tell me what's been happening, man. You've been a bit quiet this week. Bandai's barely replied to messages, disappeared, new That's job, right acting like he's got a new wife. They're like, yeah. New wife, mate. Who's Honestly. the new wife? Mate, Sarah? I don't know, man, but you've been moving as if you got a new one, honestly. Oh my god. Everything bond, See, communication bond, speaking. Bond. bond, life bond. All um, podcast dates bond, rescheduled. Yeah, you weren't happy about that, were you? Especially the live I'm, I'm like, oh okay, what's been going on? Like yeah. this guy's changing everything. <laughs> yeah, it all it all revolves around the new uh the new it's a new role in the same hospital, uh, but it means until until I settle in that I have to do all these weird shifts, which can be like tomorrow and working 5 p.m. to 2 a.m., which, you know, I haven't done like a shift like that in like five years, man. Five years, seven years, been a long time. Current, do uh, you want to do this? <clears throat> well, you know, your role is your role. The role itself is good, but these are just teething issues. It's, you know, before you get to what I had before, obviously I'd built up over two years. Mm. And then I got into kind of the, the optimal thing, and then obviously that that finished. So this new thing opportunity came up. Um, but you've got to earn the, you know, you got to earn the right, you got to earn the respect. So you do what you have to do, man. You but do you do want to do, do it? That's what I'm asking you. Yeah, I like the role. That some of the timing is a bit weird. It's not every day I do that weird shift. It's like one or two. It just happens to be on the day we're in the podcast, doesn't it? Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. But as you'll see, there are some dates where we haven't moved the time in May. Those are very days true. where it's normal time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very true, very true. I will happily admit that. But anyway, yeah. I'm happy for That's you in your new role. And then, like I said, I got family over from India. So spending a lot of time with them, trying to not be on my laptop, essentially. Um, so I'm batching everything together, just banging it all out. What's batching? Because um, I tried telling Sam <clears> and she didn't get it. I called it stacking, but yeah, gone. So tell me what you said to her. What was your explanation? I said, I said, do you ever do stacking? And she said, what do you mean? I said, you do like two tasks at once. Like you're talking mm. to someone and do something else around it. No, no, no. That, that's called multitasking, man. That's not called st- no, stacking. No, no. Like a, what you Morrison? You're Morrison. Like batching, Morrison's, stacking, bro. something like that. No, 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 no. Two different things you're talking about completely here. So what you're describing there, maybe you call it stacking. When you say stacking, I think you're in like ASDA or something, man. You're stacking shells Thanks, or something, man. right? Then, then I come, my brain kind of goes to Slacks. Is it called Slacks? That program that everybody uses for like team management. You use that, don't you? You mean that Slack? Word. Yeah, Slack. Right. So that yeah. kind of popped in my head. But then what you described is multitasking. You're saying you're doing two things at the same time. 
No, it's not like it's it's not just multitasking. It's like doing life admin tasks at the same time. There's a certain phrase for it. It's not called multitasking. So you last begin doing doing multitasking like life admin tasks together, like all at once. So no, give me examples. So like yeah, give me examples. I gave you an example. Like okay, I'm cleaning. Go on, go on. I'm talking to someone on the phone at the same time. Realistically, you could do one and then the other if you wanted to, but in the interest of time, same time. try and do both at the same time. Yeah, bro, bro, that's called multitasking, man. That's been around for hundreds of years. I swear. So, batching. Exactly, okay. But yeah, you know, maybe that is a term. Um, but what you're describing is multitasking. That's what I'm okay. saying. The, your term okay. is fine, but that's not batching. So, batching is how often do you wash your clothes? Depends. Give me rough estimate. Example. Like as soon as I've worn it, I tend to try and wash it. Yeah. What I mean is, do you turn the washing machine on every single day? Probably about three, four times a week. Okay. Why don't you use it every single day? Because every single day, you always have the clothing railing out. It's annoying. Hmm. Okay. Uh, and do you have a dishwasher? You have enough clothes every day. True. Do you have a dishwasher? No. Okay. If you did have a dishwasher, would you use it for one panda or would you use it when it's completely full? Oh, for everything. Yeah, for everything. Yeah, that's it. That's what batching is. So instead of doing lots of little, it's mainly around admin, admin type tasks every single day. So for me, that's invoicing, checking emails, scheduling, a lot of what I do is scheduling. And the main three things, thanks to you, scheduling now are podcasting, gym, and coaching sessions. And basically what Shindy wants me to do is to make, try and put those things, most of those things on the same day. So freeze up the rest of my days rather than what I used to have before, which was one day for podcast, one day for gym, one day for coaching. And then all my weekday evenings used to go. So now they're all pretty much. So one That's day the in the same week. Same thing as what I was on about. No, 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 no. The same time. No, bro. No, no, no. Maybe I said the wrong thing. It shouldn't have been stacking. It should have been batching. But I'm sure I've heard no, that no, no, applied no, no. to like life scenarios, like just doing shit at the same time. No, but it's not the same time, is it? It's not exactly the same time. I wouldn't be in coaching yeah, court on a podcast. That's multitasking. Yeah, but you understand the point. The point of batching is stick things together rather than doing things all the time. It's like I check emails twice a day. I don't check them every five minutes. I don't reply every five minutes. Twice a day, that's it. Everything will be into that. As an example, I'm not going to share the screen, but so like I said, I've got family here from India, but I know there's stuff I need to do, appointments and meetings and stuff. So on the 1st of May, the bank holiday you know the day you've got with wifey i've got a list in the morning of like 10 things i need to do and every like between now and then anything pops in my head that i don't need to do now it doesn't need to be anxious now it just gets added to that list then that will be addressed on that day so that's just outsourced out my brain not taking up time and energy it's batched that's batching i see yeah i kind of do i kind of <clears> do i can i can see the merit in it i guess batching is only useful if your life is busy if your life is not busy you won't see the the point of it you see what i mean if you've got right. nothing to do, then you're not going to batch. Okay, so hang on. So would batching be seeing mm. friends at the gym whilst doing gym? <clears throat> no. Oh, God, you really got this wrong, man. God, <laughs> guys, listen. Are you listening to what Indy's saying? <laughs> batching is not multitasking. I'm not trying to do everything in the same You know, I'm just winding time. you up at this point, right? God, that, was, that was such a... That, oh, that really got to me, that did. <laughs> That's it. Just go to the gym with my PT and tell my friend, yeah, how you doing? Oh, yeah, how you been? What you been doing? Yeah, oh, yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. I no. can see if that's possible, but yeah, okay. All right. No, no. What I may do is go to the gym, meet a friend for dinner, but it still wouldn't be called batching. That's just... That's just you're talking about doing a bunch of tasks on the same allocated day and time, correct? And before that time and day, the, basically, the point of it is there's this thing called the urgency matrix, which you may have seen a lot of people use it. I get my junior doctors use it basically, four quadrants. Okay, there's important, unimportant, 
urgent, not urgent. Urgent and important, they're the things I need to focus on every, every single day. Other shit that comes into my thing, you send me a message, someone else sends me a message. I just filter into those boxes. Do I need to respond to this now? Yes. Wait, no, I'm always, urgent. You always get responded to. You always get responded to. I'm okay? urgent. Yeah, that's you, right. You, yeah, I'm you, right, you, man. Because you get worried then, 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 you, then, then that happens. So, I, you saw yeah. my eyes light up. I was like, yeah, yeah, go on. Tell me what, 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 what do you say? What, which box am I in? That's it. Go on. Yeah? Um, and the point of that is that stuff that is important but not urgent Okay, bang, batched. Yep, I need to address this. Don't need to address this right now. It's going to that thing. I'll action it when I when I need to do it. And those things will just be squashed together. Now, what I do well, do, which is kind of variation of batching and multitasking. I know this is the whole segment that we didn't even plan on this doing. This is, right? man. I'm really happy with it. Is so once a month, I'll do a session um, for the DVLA, where I do the driver's medical assessments, right? And basically I'll see like my clients is it's a 15 minute assessment, but I've got it so down now. Like I have such a process that I can get through it like quick, quicker than I need the a lot of time. So on that day, I always batch a lot of like scheduling type tasks because in between those clients, bang, 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 bang. So it's just a well-known productivity hack guys. If you want to get work done, sometimes changing your environment, the environment that forces you to be productive, right? An environment where you know you got to get shit done will get rid of the procrastination. Is what I find. So that's why, you know, sometimes after a gym session, for example, I go to PO gym, there's a Mackie's there. I'll go and get a coffee. I'll sit there with my laptop. And within an hour, what might take me a couple of hours at home because I have distraction, procrastination, other comforts, which I don't have in McDonald's. My only sole reason to be there is to work means I get it done. You're so with that in mind, if you go to Mackie's, you don't buy food. You just sit there and have a coffee even after a workout. Yeah. You're disciplined, man. I'll give you that. Fair play. Yeah. yeah. No, 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 no. Don't be, I, I have, look, I have times for McDonald's, but that isn't the time. My, my laptop's there. There's a clear purpose, right? So with that in mind, this work I do for the DVLA sometimes, that's a perfect opportunity for me in between seeing clients. I'm there for four hours anyway, but in between seeing those clients, I will get so much stuff done. Scheduling, emailing, requesting. And remember, a lot of things that you need to action, sometimes you don't get instant responses. Obviously, WhatsApp, you will, but a lot of stuff I just need to put out to email and to submit things and to get quotes, blah, 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 blah. It just means I bang a lot of things out. There we go. And the point of that story was that is an example of multitasking and batching. So that's how they're different. You see? Combining the two. Combining the two because I batched things for that day, but when I'm there, I'm doing something else and I'm doing that. But in between, I'm I'm not seeing a client and doing it at the same time. So it's a variation of multitasking. I could go about this all day. There could be a whole podcast on productivity. Let's not do that. Let's, Let's not do that. But time. you guys, if you want to know and you want some productivity life hacking, you come to me. Okay. Yeah. You don't if you come, come to, to him, he'll split you into four quadrants. He'll be like, that's right. not important. And then you'll get a reply on May Bank Holiday. So bear that in mind, people. Bear that in mind. You were listening. That, that's pretty good. Well, it depends. Obviously, if you want to be in that urgent and uh, important box, then, you know, if you pay me a really good sum, then, you know, you're going to be bumped up to there so there are ways around it okay there are ways around it uh, i'll pay you know, with uh with love okay that, that's fine that's priceless we can't put a price on it. <laughs> um, there you go. after you've done my productivity training i then send you sanj and then sanj would deliver her productivity training and then you really would be i mean imagine me and sanj together combined brains in one person my god there would be, be no end. Oh, we'd be. However, I don't think there would be any flexibility for doing things outside of the regimented routine. Who needs to do anything outside of the regimented routine? That's the Everyone. question. Why Everyone would you need freedom? Freedom. freedom. The routine is the freedom. It's just you the way you look at it, brother. Man. Communist loving. <laughs> <Allah>. Yeah. <laughs> it's too much, man. Too much. Yeah.
Well, okay. Well, that that was eventful. Didn't expect that to happen. Thank you. you. Go, Appreciate it. Mm-hmm. All right, let's jump in then. So, Karen, sent you a clip mm-hmm. earlier. People, you did. in case you haven't seen. Uh, well, you might have seen, you might not. It's not really a big thing that happened, but you may have seen on GMB this week, they have a new guy on their show. Well, I didn't know ah, he was on there for that he's long. He's a new guy. Okay. Well, I didn't I didn't know if he's new, but he's the first time I've seen him in a clip. Maybe he was Who new. who did the guy is this the guy like Piers' replacement or no, no, that, that was Adil Ray, I think. This is mm. this is Richard Madley, right? He's on during the day on GMB. Right. I don't know if he's on at the same allocated slot, whatever. But he had a Greenpeace protester on, the lady who's in charge of it all. Her name was Miranda something. Hang on. Miranda. Miranda Wheelerhan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What happened is she came on the show and mm-hmm. essentially she got blindsided um, and she got My God. ripped yeah, apart yeah. by this guy. Well, people say ripped apart. I personally, I personally don't no, think was, it was, was as bad as what the media man. were making it out to be, but they called him like a bully and shit. And I was like, okay, if you guys can't find it, just, just jump onto YouTube and type in GMB um, mm. Greenpeace protester and you'll, and you'll see it straight away. But mm. people are accusing him of being a bully, etc. All this stuff. He was really mean mm. to her. I could mm. see how how people think that, but I don't think it was it was that extreme, you know. Because, because okay, well, let's just recap over it. So, what she was saying is the world's coming to an end shortly because of the greenhouse gases issue. Not even greenhouse gas issue, but the use of oil is too much, right? We need to cut back on the use of oil, and mm. it needs to be done now. So mm. you can because use by twenty thirty, yeah. Crop By 2030, yeah. there'll be crop what? No, the crop rotation is not going to be possible. That's As in, you can't grow crops. Yeah. Right. And she said, we have about eight years worth of oil left. Current stock. Yeah. Why don't we keep that in current stock? Stop Stop giving new permits up in new stock and then start looking mm. at alternative ways to commit to net zero that the government has said they'll do by 2050. But mm. they're not doing that because they keep on authorizing new permits to go and do fracking elsewhere, basically. Mm. And she's basically trying to she's trying to bring awareness to this now they've got a bad rap because these are the guys who were doing those protests where they were shutting down roads gluing themselves to the floor um closing off like the m25 by just standing in front of the cars Mm. things like that i think i might i I have them right in doing that but they have done things like that they've got a bad rap as a result of that because people are like interrupting people's commute you're being really over the top you're not letting ambulances pass through that need to pass through for security some people are like, mm. I've got to get to hospital. Someone's really ill. All this shit. They were just like, no, taking a blanket statement of no, we're not moving. And, and the reason it came to that was? Is because they tried all other means of normal protest is what she that, said. I don't know if that that's is true. important. No, no, but okay, you, can, you, you, can, you can say, you but know, she said and, that. but there's no and reason. By that, just leave hang on, hang on. Go on, finish. finish. Yeah, so yeah. what she's saying is she went through government petitions. She wrote a letter to parliament. She mm. had a that there's a person who is doing a hunger strike outside parliament at the moment. That's 29 days. Yeah. And they pretty much done all the, all the things that people can do to raise awareness of this, to bring it to the government in a polite way. Now they're taking more extreme methods. Anyway, floor's yours. Go on, go. Yeah. So look, I think that there's no reason to disbelieve her. That's the first thing. Okay. If she's saying she's done peaceful things and she's someone who can, I think would easily be able to show the audit trail of emails and da, 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 da. Her point is this, if you're not going to pay attention and if you don't understand the severity, kind of made me feel, think about that film Leonardo DiCaprio did at the end of the year, look up, don't look, look up. up, don't look up. Right. Where people are like not understanding the severity and the gravity of the situation. Right. 
I'm not a climate expert, but the arguments she makes, even in that short clip, are quite compelling if if they are true. Okay. And the thing, the thing that really annoyed me, like she and she clearly said, she's like, I'm not saying stop using oil. And he's like, Oh, your clothes are made of oil and this, this, and this. And I was like, mate, using so much hyperbole. But the point of the argument here is she's saying, yes, we have oil and we should use it, but we should make a meaningful, genuine effort. In that eight-year period, and I don't know if eight years is enough to transition to non-oil-based fuels. I don't know that, right? But if it is, that's the point she's making. She's not saying, oh, from today, we should stop using oil. She's not saying that, but he made it sound like it was that. Of course he did, because what he's trying to do is... Yeah, what is he trying to do? He's trying to pander to his audience, right? Because obviously all of his audience is saying, we don't like this person. They've, they've stopped us from commuting X, Y, and Z to these places. So mm. inevitably, the, the presenter sort of the, the Piers Morgan figure in the situation, he's the yes. antagonizer. He's like, okay, I'm going to gonna push you on this and I'm going to say, I'm going to try and do gotcha TV where he's like, well, all those clothes you wore, they came from fuel because they were they were put on the back of a car and that car got to yeah. you and she's sitting there and shaking she's not her head. She's like, not disputing that. And she's sitting there shaking her head saying, you're talking to me about clothes. I'm talking to you about the world ending. There's yep. a bit of a difference here. Yeah, yeah, that's the point. It's it's not the right platform, clearly, to have a meaningful conversation. This is the problem with it. It's inflammatory for the sake of inflammatory because they want viewership. It's about entertainment. Views, but it's clips, like marketing. It works. Yeah, but but it's and I, you know, I and the, so there's him on one side, the Asian lady who's kind of, I'd say, neutral, and then the lady on the other side who was kind of making a joke about it as well. It's like, oh, you, you come out. This is, this is classic TV though, isn't it? Like if you think about no, it, I, I don't it watch is completely clearly, classic. Like, you've got the hell? main antagonizer. You've got the yeah. person who, who's come on with, who is of the subject matter, the expert. Yeah. Yeah. You've got the neutral other presenter. Yeah. And then you've got the other person at the other end who's the antagonizer who's meant to be You're the, the guest. opposite yeah, yeah, view yeah, yeah, yeah. for journalistic yeah. balance, which gives yeah, yeah. absolutely nothing to it. It just makes things worse and worse. So she's just pouring more fuel on the fire and mocking her in the corner that's all it is and it's it's kind of sim- symbolic how the person who is always in the middle or the person mm. whose subject matter is about is sitting in the middle so they're getting attacked from the left and Both from sides. the right mm. so you're like okay i don't know how to deal with this because this is obviously a bit of a, a pressure cooker she needed a tag team man this is this is like this is one of those ways she needs to tag out get somebody and get jordan peterson in man jordan peterson comes in he destroys them all that's Jeez. how you want in there you love Jordan P. Any, JP, any episode, any episode to get in, JP man. in. It's so sad. Just let it go, man. I want, I want to meet. I get Dr. it, Jordan Peterson, man. Mm. But so, yes, yeah, I look it's really, really inflammatory. It's yeah. smart marketing yeah. because, as you said, you said the "don't look up" thing. If you look at the clip I sent you, the hashtag mm. on it was "don't look up." Was it? Ah, I didn't even. So do that. they're trying to piggyback off this campaign, <clears> and they're taking the same approach, which is if you're watching the film "Don't Look Up," what mm. happens is. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio goes on there with what's that chick's name? Uh, mm. The one from Hunger Games, Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah, he's there with yes, yes, yes Jennifer yes. Lawrence, and they're talking about how the world's going to end, and they try mm. and raise awareness by thinking it's going to be a smash hit. And the presenters are like, "Yeah, it's not that bad." Cool, yeah, move yeah, on. yeah, yeah, and they right? just don't and get it. That was exactly and they were like, that's an interesting clip. Now to the yeah. weather. There and they they were doing the same kind of thing here, so I think they're trying to really latch onto it. It's smart of Greenpeace to try and make the most of this situation and think, okay, like, like, it's yeah, a I very even though, clear parallel between the two different universes that have happened. Absolutely, one fictional, even, one reality. Even if it was an ugly clip, right? Even if the person was a bully, if that then leads to great awareness of the issue, she will take that. So even though, like, I mean, she well, looked clearly, the she bad clearly looked have. uncomfortable, man. Like bloody yeah. hell. 
Considering um, the bad PR they currently have, um, mm. I think this will up them a little bit in the public's good books, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, and, and it, uh, she seems like one of those people where ultimately she doesn't care what the public think about it, right? So, you know, he was saying, oh, we got all these messages of people who are messaging in. And I'm, I'm thinking they're like, okay. And he said, no one's been on your side. A big proportion of those people are people who are just got nothing else to do. They're the keyboard warriors. They're the people who just like to complain, jump on the bandwagon types, right? So you got them, and they don't really understand the graphic situation either, but they just want to hate on someone like, oh, yeah, th- this is a problem. You know, the people who say COVID's not real, all those people. And I'm like, okay, she, again, she doesn't care about those. If it leads to her getting some time with a real decision maker, she would have won. If something happens, even if she's not the person to do it, she, she's not, this clearly doesn't sound like she wants the glory. She wants, the issue addressed what's her doing is somebody else fighting the cause doesn't matter she's it's about awareness and i thought yeah fair play man but yeah that is just a mockery man of what of what meaningful debate should be yeah and obviously there is a small time slot to try and fit all of that into and <laughs> it's not it's not entirely <laughs> v- fair vicky pollard yeah yeah it's a bit childish isn't it it's a bit childish vicky pollard What's up? yeah hell, man this guy's who's vicky pollard one... again I, I, I didn't get that reference you ready you ready yeah go on ask me a question uh, what's your name? It's uh, Jazz, but yeah, but no, but yeah, but no, but yeah, but no, but yeah. Oh, right. Is that it? I see. Lilburn? No? Right. Got it. Yeah. I yeah, mean, but, I yeah, didn't but, like yeah, it. No, I, yeah. I didn't find it funny at all. My God. Lilburn was like one of the funniest programs I've ever made, man. I don't know. Clearly, it was how old it was were you when you watched jokes, it? It was the same jokes every episode. How old were you when you watched it? About 15, 16. Darren, it was the yeah. same jokes every episode. The first two or three episodes are funny. And then after that, I was like, it's just computer says no. It's yeah, just, it could be uh, uh, and I'm like, this is this is this is fucking shit. Okay, this is really this is bottom of the barrel comedy. Like, this is wow, shit. bottom of the barrel. It's not funny, man. None of it was funny. Okay, we're gonna if have you, to. If you judge that man. against any other normal comedy TV show, it's like, so bad. Give me a bar. Give me a give you a bar. What a bar of what comedy TV to clear? Yeah. Okay, the U.S. Office. That because actually has originality. Yeah. Like there are yeah, running yeah, yeah, jokes, yeah, yeah. but they don't say it. I don't know, but, that, but that, that's a, a carbon series. copy of every skit. Yeah, yeah, but that's a different. That's a series. I'm talking about the same type of show where it's little skits. That is like a series. No, no, but it's lots of individual clips, isn't it? Like The Office is a story, man. It's like one big story. This isn't one big story. It's still a series. No, no, no. But you, you, you're not comparing apples for apples. Like goodness gracious me, for example, would be something more similar to. Little Britain. It's lots yeah, but of little even sketches. Then you could contest that that's that's a, that's a running series as well with a long story in it. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm just making the point that The Office is very funny, but you can't compare it with this. It's not apples for apples. Okay. I'm saying, give you... me an example of something that is like that that you find funny. Well, there may be no example in your mind. I don't think there is anything in my mind. Can you think of one? Mm. You thought goodness, goodness gracious me. Is that it? Yeah, yeah. Okay. In which case, goodness gracious me is infinitely better. <laughs> Absolutely agree. Agree. So I, I I didn't think that it was it was mm. good comedy, but okay, I get it. That's why I didn't. But big Vicky, Vicky Pollard, Pollard yeah, yeah, that that was the inflammatory. That's what he's trying to say. He's like, you're just being inflammatory. And the thing is, well, he again, he didn't pick up on. He was like, if you're using a hashtag, a hashtag has to be easily usable, writable, rememberable. Okay, so she used a small one. Was it no or stop oil now or something? Whatever it was, it could be like. Let's use the oil that we've already got, but let's commit to renewables. But it doesn't make any sense, man. And clearly he knows that, but he's just latching onto one or two bits of things. Of course he is. And you have to think, annoying. this isn't him doing it. He's been pre-briefed. Like, if you think of the way TV works, I was listening to a podcast with uh, James Smith, the PT yeah. guy, right? He had Frankie Cook, 
Frankie Kogozon, what's his name? Hang on. Frankie. Frankie Kokoza on, yeah? This is the guy who went on TV on The X Factor and he got really far in, but he couldn't sing. And basically he came on and he was spilling all the tea about everything that happened on X Factor and how it works being on TV and all the little things they pop in your ear. And a lot of it is is obviously scripted and it's preempted. So when you watch the TV back, you think, oh, that's a bit, that looks a bit like it was planned out. And the reality of it is, it is. And what this kind of shows is that it is clearly like that, where you go on, you go on TV. Clearly, the, the presenter's a bit of an asshole. When the cameras are on, he turns into a different person, and then bam, he's all over you. Then afterwards, he probably goes into a different person again. Yeah, and I'm wondering that what that off-air conversation was like. Yeah, do you know what I mean? He he clearly has some. He clearly has an axe to grind of some sort. But he was probably told by the TV producers, this is the person coming on. So we need you to do this. We need you to do that. We've got this person coming on. Play the dynamic out. You've got 10 minutes to go. That's pretty much how it goes, I'm sure. Absolutely. I would not <clears throat> want that job because the conflict there of, you know, what you think is right is kind of irrelevant. If you've got to meet this narrative and then drop into that, God, that's just horrible, man. Like you're, you're told to be horrible to a person. Of course you are. Yeah. Now, he are. may he may also be that way inclined on this issue, which I guess makes it a little bit easier. But my God, there must be some things which you clearly don't agree with, but you have to do, which, you know, is the same for a lot of jobs, to be honest. You have to kind of put your own values aside sometimes and kind of conform to what is expected. I guess so. But in this scenario, it seems like he was just, I don't know, maybe he's just thinking, what's a what's a better mm. way to get more viewer figures? I've got to keep yeah, this yeah. thing. I've got to keep my foot on a neck and just tack, go for it. Yeah, yeah. And he did. And... Yeah, I guess it can be seen as bullying, but all presenters do it now when they're desperate for like viewership, aren't they? So why, I, guess why to, you, I guess to be inflammatory why, in a viral clip, it lets you go there. Why are you saying it's not in bullying? You're saying it's not bullying because you've been told to do it? and Even if it is I think it's not bullying because when you go into TV like that, this scenario has played out a million times. You no, know why, exactly no, but you're how saying, you're saying You're saying that because it's so it happens so much, it's normalized, therefore it's acceptable? No, That's I'm not saying. saying it's acceptable. So what, I'm, what saying, are you saying? I'm saying I know... If I was to go on a TV show right now and I go into yeah. a conversation topic like that, I know something like that's going to crack off because they want to keep it stimulating for viewers to come and, come and watch it, whether it's on demand, whether it's in the moment, whether it's yeah. way down the line. There, there has to be some sort of dynamic there. It's similar to how, have you watched a morning show on Apple? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's exactly like that where you can see all this shit behind the scenes. And I'm sure a lot of that definitely happens on TV networks. I've seen many TV network TV shows like The Newsroom that shows exactly the same scenarios play out where you have to go on and toe the line and do X, Y, and Z. So mm. I can see all these things playing out in real life. And if you make a, if you go on, on a TV show of that kind, mm. you're essentially committing to yourself. I'm going to get ruined on this TV show because they're the presenter. I have little time. They have a script that they're going to follow and everyone around it is going to conform to it. And I'm essentially going into a lion's pit. So are you saying that because because people going on to shows have knowledge of that. They're knowingly going into that scenario. Therefore, I they think, should... I think if you if you go into that scenario and you don't think you're going to get that, you're extremely naive. Naive, right. But even if you know it's going to happen, and it does happen, because you know it, therefore it's not bullying. You're saying it's the acceptable the said, method. I, I don't think the stuff he said was bullying. I think he was right. antagonizing. I think right. he was trying to get a rile out of it. I think he was doing gotcha, but I don't think it was bullying. Right. What would then your again, mind would maybe, have constituted maybe my bullying. definition and somebody else's is exactly. Very different. So, so tell me that. What would if, if 
So you've seen the language he used and sentences, you know, how he constructed it. What would he have to say in your mind for to constitute bullying? I think he'd have to probably comment on something about her looks. Or maybe he'd have to comment on her demeanor. Or maybe he'd have to comment on the way that she thinks, which I don't think he necessarily... He did sort of veer towards that, but he was pushing back mm. against the message, not her as a person. Right. So that's your distinction. Okay. That's the line. Fine. He didn't push yeah, on her yeah, as yeah, a person. Yeah, yeah. He pushed on the message. So that obviously gives you a get out of jail free card because he could just come out and say, well, I was just debating the topic. Yeah. But like, like you said, like towing the line, you know, there's obviously yeah. a big spectrum of how you do That's why I see that. Why do you think it's bullying? No, I, I actually, that's a good differentiation. I, I accept your argument there. Did you think it was at all? Like, did, yeah. Were, were but, there any shades for you? But, but that's just for me that, I guess, you know, they look at the environment I work in. If somebody's like that in a hospital, like microaggression for us, like we all aggression is the same for us. Like, you know, the whole zero policy thing. And obviously we don't have scenarios where we'll need to debate in this style. Mm. Like if somebody doesn't listen, like a patient doesn't listen, they have capacity, you say, thank you, bye-bye. And you don't need to convince them. Um, but I like what you said there, how you differentiate between the person and the subject matter. That is important. I think you have to, because is. obviously a lot of the main headline is going to be, okay, so... Think of it as like a funnel. You fucking love funnels, yeah? Think of it <laughs> this way. So you've got the big funnel at the top, which is the yeah. big headline that happened. Then you've got the news outlets that are going to try and put that out afterwards. They so have to have this. an inflammatory title to propel you up, up the funnel indie, or down the funnel, I guess. Indie bullies going into starting podcast. Sure. Let's go with that, <laughs> right? That's exactly how it is. So yeah, you're, you're, you're pushing people towards the article to get more and more eyes on it. Mm. it's quite genius really if you think about it if you're playing the system mm. it's a good way of getting it done but i don't i don't actually know what the correct way for greenpeace to go about things in in a way now to get things across or get the message across accurately um i don't agree with the with the extreme methods that they're using but i, I don't know what other ways you can take it's similar to how mm. what's that what's that woman called the one that came back from being held abroad for all those years. Oh, recently, yes. Yes, I know you're on about. There's only recently she got released, yeah. Nazim, no, no. No, it's not. Keep the conversation going, I'm going to look, hang on. So this is just like before when Indy froze out, and I actually thought you were listening the whole time, your eyes were open, you were looking at me, and kind of like you're looking now, not really moving. Yeah, cheers. But he's still there. Found it? Nazanin, there you go. Basically, it's similar to that where her husband tried to do everything possible to mm. get the message across to the government. He mm. tried hunger strikes, he tried petitions, he tried protesting, tried everything he could. Reality is, politics always won wins. The reason why she didn't get released, and she says this herself, is because the UK owed Iran a debt and they held it in ransom until that debt was paid. And she got released when that debt was paid. That's it. It's that simple. So a lot of it boils down to politics, really. Uh, if it's in the government's interest to do that, regardless of how much coverage it's getting, they know mm. it's cyclical. It will come and go and they'll move on that past it. That is a very good point. Not the last point you made there, because you look at now, you know, we, okay, Rishi Sunak and all the thing about... Well, we've got to come on to that in a sec, but yeah, yeah, go on. All right, fine. I won't go into that specifically, but the whole thing of, you know, we had this point where Boris needs to leave. Parties in number 10, no transparency. He had all this flack, votes in no confidence, all this shit has been talked about. And now no one cares. Come on, mate. I think people care. 
But what it comes down to is the timing of it all, right? Yeah, so the, war, you, the war's if, here now. Like, no, you can no time anything anymore. perfectly, Karen. Like, if you put out a big headline that is um, completely false and you issue a message afterwards that says, sorry, we were incorrect, as long as you issue it, it doesn't matter where you issue it. What mm. people have a memory of is I saw on the front page on this day that headline. They can put it on page 36 in a small little column saying, we need to issue a reinstatement about this article. It was wrong. We shouldn't have said it. We apologize. Bam. Mm. No one's going to get to that page because no one sees it on the front page. But it's been published. Yeah. But yeah. it's been published. So, so they've done it. Yeah. So that's that's similar to how things play out in the real world. You can say that all this evidence is there, but it's just like in Don't Look Up. People are like, oh, yeah, okay, cool. Kind of happened a while ago, though, didn't it? Yeah, we should let it go. Or if you haven't got, if you've got the media in your pocket, you can control the narrative. It's quite simple. <laughs> yeah, when we simplify that, it is really that simple. It's exactly where the attention is. That's where you know people will go and people will focus. Um, you must yes, have seen... if it's in the government's interest, that's the key thing here. Yeah, that is the key. Um, and look, they may get a meaningful discussion out of it, but even that doesn't guarantee the action that they want. Um, but if you're in that position, you really strongly believe about it, then you'll do whatever is necessary, isn't it? And I think if you evoked all the normal channels of diplomacy, yeah. You do what you gotta do, man. Now it's easier in the in the scenario of the husband. I think a lot of the public would sympathize with it a lot more, right? Whereas when this is yeah, yeah. Now in now now if you think, look if you think about it, that's one husband trying to get one person back, right? This what they're saying is altruistic. This is like thinking about the whole world, and it could be like the end of generations, the end of the world. This is much much bigger. This is potentially it's about much much more. But that's people. a much longer term issue to fix. So I can see why it's a longer term thing. But even then, if mm. you look at the slow pace the government did for a person, do you think they're going to have a faster pace for a worldwide issue? No. It comes back to the box, man. It's important, but is it urgent? This is the point. <laughs> you're telling you like me that, that, you like that, that they baby. got a grid in the government they've got a grid this, man. and they're like yeah important shit urgent shit not important yeah, this is important and urgent pm um, increasing oh my pay. days imagine that, that. imagine they're really, actually using that mate they're like they're just knowing it but like in the film when the asteroid like was like oh we can see it now and it's coming oh shit that became urgent and important yeah right yeah right now mate you can't do so shit for the ng it. people it's that it's they need whoever it is they need to see some sort of tangible this is the negative consequence of this and it's real and tangible and it's going to happen just as a side note this is how powerful the media is you remember have you seen the bbc set where they've done a full series on rupert murdoch and the murdoch family and how it's run no i haven't seen it but i know of it's the really yet. good right and in it i didn't know this but the way tony blair came to power was mm. all the newspapers that are run by murdoch essentially got their weight behind him mm. and they jumped on board and pushed through new labor for everybody to go and vote for them and then as soon as gordon brown came in he didn't hold the same relationship and got pushed out and david cameron seized the opportunity to get in rupert murdoch's good books and since then it's been the same way each person that's taken power from the government or in the by government, the press has has had the press's backing because they've bent the knee to Rupert Murdoch. That that shows you the power of just all Idiot. the main news sources. He owns a lot of the newspapers in England. Mm. And those that he doesn't are deemed left wing or centrist. Yeah, exactly or extreme whichever. or whatever, whatever. Yeah. Well that's it, man. Control the media, control the narrative. And this is the whole premise of, you know, what um Nazi Germany did with propaganda and censorship and control and I think it was Goebbels. Was it Goebbels? Yeah, it's Goebbels. I think he was the Minister of Propaganda. 
control right. the narrative. You control everyone's thinking. Because a lot of people, like we've said before, do not have the ability to critically appraise what they see and read and hear. Therefore, their opinion is easily swayed and they will become, that's how the masses are formed. So yeah, it's, da- it's very dangerous, man. Very dangerous. Exactly. Hmm. Okay, I think that's pretty much everything out of that. You got anything else to add? No. No? All right, mm-hmm. cool. Next thing then. So you've mentioned the shit with Rishi Sunak and the Chancellor. Um, well, he is the Chancellor, isn't he? So, Still is, yeah, yeah. you've mentioned all that. Basically, to give people an, an update, you, if you haven't seen it, you're living under a rock. But the Chancellor has his missus. His missus is a non-domicile person in the UK who isn't paying tax. Uh, she makes like legal, legal. twenty-seven million in in taxes. I think it is to be paid or something. She is and, richer than the Queen, apparently. Yeah, so she's she's balling, right? She owns Infosys, yeah. who are who is holding a base in Russia, which is also another angle that everyone's been harping on about. And what they're upset about is that when you're a non-domicile person, it means you you live in the country but you don't pay tax there. So she mm. lives in the UK but doesn't pay tax. This guy's the chancellor, which means he's the one that puts together all the budgets that everyone mm-hmm. adheres to, and he essentially runs the economy. Mm-hmm. People are saying it's very hypocritical that the chancellor can do something like that, have a wife who gets away with not paying tax when you're making everybody pay taxes. And added to that, he's also got this green card situation as well, where he had a green <laughs> card for residency in the US up until last year and he surrendered that so everyone's calling for his head basically saying you need to step down uh and it's funny because he was touted as the next guy after boris but anyway reason why i bring this up is because it makes Mm. me think can people in power relate to those beneath them that they're dictating the rules for or they're trying to help out so Mm. i was thinking this and i was like "Mm, is this true i don't know I i don't think you can accurately put yourself in another person's shoes so can a counselor mm. relate to someone who is an addict or going through rehab unless they've been through it you kind of can't can you i mean that, that's a really i'd say good and extreme example yeah absolutely right and we talk about this a lot hospitals about the difference between sympathy and empathy yeah and you would have heard me indeed when we do the um the medics weekends and we have actors and you know somebody's for example got a I think it's the angry patient station. And then one of our students will say, oh, I know how you feel. And to which the actor will say, well, do you? Do you know how I feel? Yeah. Because unless you've been through it, you don't really know. You can only imagine. So I, I agree. Yeah. I think if somebody has had affluence for most of their life, and, you know, Rishi's yeah. wife is obviously very, very affluent. Um, when you're bringing in laws and your legislation, you're looking at spreadsheets and looking at, you know, budgets and all this kind of stuff. Karen, you saw how this guy tried to pay for a, for a flipping Coke or how he tried how to did, pay for his petrol. How did he try? You didn't see. Oh, no, it wasn't. He, oh, is this the picture? This is the stage photo. The stage so photo. he did the stage photo with the yeah, petrol yeah, pump. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, and then yeah. he went to go and pay with it via contactless. Right. And he had the Coke can in his hand and he had the contactless, right? The guy had the scanner. He held it up. He put his card to the scanner to pay, but he was, the guy was trying to scan the Coke. He didn't know where to do contactless, basically. Rishi. And I'm like, are you that out of touch that you don't know how to pay for something by contactless? So you don't know how money works. 
Because you've not had to do it in a long time. Because <laughs> you've never had to do this in a normal... You, yeah, so you've yeah, never yeah, been yeah. to the corner shop and got because, something and pay contact because everyone, because everyone does it for you. Oh, my days. Mm, like that blew, I was like, this has got to be fake. But no, it was real. Damn, son. I mean, that's... That's yeah, bad, that yeah, yeah, that's that's bad. There's, there's there's no way to defend those. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's very. I think yeah. If you've been that far removed for so long, then yes, when you're making policies, if it's not going to affect the way you live and impact your day to day, or if it does, you know, it's so micro. You know, so for example, I don't know the, what kind of numbers can we put to this that will make it. Yeah, say say he's got like a million pounds, right? And he has to lose a thousand, hmm. but compared to someone who's got ten thousand, has to lose a thousand. Big difference. Yeah, I think that's what it is. I think, and obviously they they operate at this level, which is kind of above, you know, the eyes of whatever. If you're making the policy, who's going to look at you? Well, Until this shit operate above the law, but yeah, 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 yeah. But then shit will come out, and then then he's what has he done now? He's voluntarily um, said, you know, you can look at everything and blah 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 blah. And his wife's made a statement now as well. I mean, it is important to say that obviously nothing they've done is illegal. No, but it's not con- illegal at all. In the context of how it's, it's viewed. But it's immoral, isn't it? It's immoral to do something Why like is that. it immoral to have a green card? Because the green card thing, I, I'm not sure about. I think it's because yeah. you can have residency in another country, which potentially so? I, I assume it's because you, you can do something around tax evasion. I don't know. I don't Maybe know, that, but that point that. wasn't made really clear. That kind of for me, equally, when, I, when I heard it. Why um, should you have, why should you be able to live in another country when you're meant to be a member of the British government? So you should only have residency in England, really, because you're part of the British government. See what I mean? What they didn't make clear in the statement is, is he, I presume he's a British citizen. Because you, you, you can't have dual citizenship. Is, yeah. You can't have dual citizenship. That's not, that, that is a thing. Um, yeah. but for me it felt like a tag on it was like okay they're talking about the non-dom and this and this and they were like and he's got a green card and I was like yeah and what's your point and no, nobody's making the point I want to hear the point so that's one thing let me look at the and point then, carry on yeah on, look on. look at the point and then with the wife thing yeah I, you know it's one of the things Some, sometimes I think okay so she's living here but she's not a citizen from here so technically that that's fine she's not doing anything illegal and when you're playing at her level that's a lot of tax man and it's not tax evasion it's because it's the legal loophole but the way it's viewed i understand it's skewing now now obviously okay she's making the statement about i'm happy to pay tax here but that's almost like everyone's saying well you know it's a little bit too late kind of thing you wouldn't have done it unless somebody has i think it is too late and i think they've only done it to keep safe face that's it yeah but then the other part of the thing was about oh you know rishi's going to step down people were saying that don't think that's going to happen though he found it yeah I, I can read this out. Are you ready? Go on. Okay, so Mr. Sunak had a green card until October 2021. More than after six years, he became an MP and over 18 months after he became chancellor. Mm-hmm. It's a status that requires you to pay US tax and your worldwide income and pledge to make the US your permanent residence. His spokesperson confirmed that he had filed tax returns while he had the status, but specifically as a non-resident, but in full compliance of the law. They also said he had only used a green card for travel purposes and he had returned it ahead of his first official visit to the US. While it is unclear whether the state has conferred a tax benefit to the Chancellor, it's called into question whether a resident of a foreign country should be responsible for the UK's finances. Yeah, that, that's, that's what yeah, I said. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it makes an argument. That's fine. That's, that's fair. I think that's a fair argument. That's a fair argument. Yeah. 
Rishi, Rishi, Rishi. So there we go. But he is Rishi think... Rich, isn't he? Pretty much, man. Do you mm. think that that people can do that though, that they can relate to it? Because I think if you if you don't have people that are not holier than thou, but a little bit mm. removed from the situation, mm. you might have a sense of over empathy or like a hero complex where you're like, Well, I made it out, you can make it out. You see what I mean? So mm. I guess it sets a dangerous precedent that if you only have people in tough situations, they can only help people in equally tough situations. I don't think mm. that that's suitable because I don't know, man. Are there any examples I can give that make this stick? I can't think of any. Yeah, but you look at, I mean, most people who... It doesn't, okay, here you go, here you go. Let's use the, the addict one, right? It doesn't mean every recovering addict should give other addicts advice. And they should Correct. be like, okay, this is the best way to break out of it. We're like, well, you're still kind of going through it. Are you sure that that's right? And I'm not saying that they're tarnished forever, but there's got to be some that have like an external point of view as well to see how things are looking because they might be too close to the situation. Hmm. That's fair. But most people that make it into office, you know, are probably educated. They go to certain institutions, they go to certain schools, certain universities. It's all, you know, who you know, boys club type thing. Um. And so if you're so far removed from such a young age, how's that ever going to change? I mean, this is a bigger point you're talking about here about do you relate to your constituents and therefore the wider population? Yeah. So when Matt Hancock, he went on uh, Diary of a CEO, right? And mm. the Diary of a CEO guy asked him, he said, why Steven? would you culture? Huh? Yeah, 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 yeah. Is this Steven recently? About a month ago. Oh, I'm going to listen to that. Nothing juicy okay. was on it. It was okay. It wasn't great. Why did Stephen want him on there? Listen to it and you'll find out. He kind of just touches on it a little bit and he says okay. like, why? But his his main point is I'll have on mm. who I want to have on. Um, I shouldn't have to conform to what everybody wants me to have on. I just wanted to have him on and talk to him about his situation and what had happened. And oh, okay, one question okay. he asked yeah. him was, he said, you're the culture secretary, but you know nothing about culture or social media or anything ah. like that. And it wasn't gotcha, but he said, no, genuinely, why were you given that role? Because you have no expertise in it. He said, you should get somebody who's closer to the surface, which is kind of applicable to here. And he said, well, my job as a culture secretary is to talk to people who are in that space and then draw conclusions off it and draw legislation off it. So he says, I talk to experts then I ask to kind of dumb it down, make sense of it, and then pass it on to government and then pass through legislation that is applicable for mm. what the government's trying to strive for. And I said, mm. yes, I can see that. But if you don't understand basic fundamentals, there's a problem there. Because if somebody above you knows the industry inside out and you've got barely a 5% exposure to it, you're going to get mm. exposed every time. Mm. You're going to get caught out every time. It's similar to how you must have seen those memes where Mark Zuckerberg was being questioned by those guys in the Senate. And oh they say to God. him, so how does this Facebook thing make money? And he's like, we run, Senator, we run ads, we Senator. run ads. And he's like, oh. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, so cringe, so cringe. Lawmakers, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's similar to kind of that that whole complex. And um, mm. yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the right answer for this is, but I do think you have to have experts in the field that can help you through that. Just shoving someone in because they're a mate or because there's a vacancy and you've only got this pool of MPs to pick from. Kind That's of gives it. you a limited pool to sort of work with. Mm. And, you know, it's not just, and it's not just at their level. Like I, I've noticed this now in um, elite sport as well. Well, I've, um, I've noticed it in the corporate world as well. Like people getting bumped up that don't 
that I've but known even, Marriott to even, be where they are. Even when they do shit, right, and they get fired and they get ousted, what happens to them? They they go somewhere else and do the same thing. Oh my god, Jeremy! Look at Jeremy Hunt, yeah. Um, I'm recently Chris Silverwood, right? He's the the head coach of England cricket team ECB. England got thrashed in the Ashes before that against India. One test win at the last 19, whatever, like the worst position, whatever. One last, out of 19? In the last, I think it's one, one out of 11, sorry. One out of the last 11 tests, which is really bad for a test team. Okay. And um, it's like, yeah, he has to go. We need to change, blah, blah, blah. So he gets fired. Now he's got a new job, head coach at Sri Lanka. And I see the same thing in football. Like all these like top level managers, like they go yes. and then they end up somewhere yes. else. Very good comparison. Do you know what I mean? I, I see it and I'm just like, what is it? Are you just at a certain level where you just... I, do you yeah, know who really, Roy really, Hodgson is? Karen? Yeah, yeah, England uh, manager. He used he to be in, England manager. Birmingham, he lives in a. He lived near you, man. What do you mean? He used to live um, Roman Road. I mean, don't bait out my fucking address. But yeah, cheers. <laughs> right. I said near. Oh, that's where you live as well. I'm taking you down with me, bastard. Right? Yeah, <laughs> <Okay>. yeah. <laughs> oh, <my goodness. laughs> yeah, yeah. Roy Hodgson, go on, go on. What what happened to him? Bro, you know this guy's still managing in English football. He's 74 years old. Right? What Do you want to take a though? guess at how many jobs that he's actually done? I don't know the in- answer to this. So I'm going to go first. I think he's managed over 15 different jobs. Teams. 15 teams. Yeah. I'm going 15. Like jobs. In this, just in, in general. How, in how long? Over his life. In his whole career. I'm going for 15. That's a 10. 10. All right. He's managed 17 clubs and four national teams. The 21. 21 like <laughs> he's the oldest manager in the premier league history um yeah he's managed 17 clubs and four national teams in a coaching career spanning 47 years in eight countries and he's making he has not man. won anything in football <coughs> but he is just there all the time right, right right just just say that last bit again he's not won, and this is a fact i'm checking now i'm sure he hasn't won anything no, nationally boy there's obviously gonna be euros Hodgson and won anything world. here we go has right. he won anything and clubs. Oh, he's won. Let's take it back. He's won 13 trophies as a manager. Let's have a look at the trophies, shall we? Go on, yeah, yeah. Go. Let's. What's the quality of these trophies? Yeah, go on. Okay, yeah, yeah. He won the Swedish top flight on seven separate occasions. All right, so, so that's seven Sweden. of them. Okay, Sweden is fuck all, man. That's like a farmers mm. league. Okay. Yeah, yeah. In football, he won the Swiss language. Cup in so 1990. More, yeah, yeah. He was Danish champion with Copenhagen in the year 2000. He Any won the Premiership titles in 2001. Nothing in the Premier right. League. How no. about the Champions League? No. No. How about Europa League? No. No. And definitely, obviously, nothing in the Euros and nothing in the World Cup or anything. I'm, I'm looking now. Hang on, hang on. It's If you hover over the trophy, it tells you, okay, yeah, one Swiss one Swiss Cup, one Danish champion, one Swedish. Bro, he just won shit in Sweden and Denmark. That's it. He didn't win okay. anything else. His last trophy was 20 years ago. And this guy's still in football. This How? is a great example. Yes, this example. So look, you've got somebody who doesn't even produce results, who's been in the game for so long because he's clearly at this elite level and you just, it sounds like you get to a certain level and you just keep getting opportunities. Like we're not going to open it out to anyone new. It's just going to be this pool of people. I'm just going to circulate this shit. This is his and eighth I, and you're right. you, job in English football. You eighth. see at corporates, you're absolutely right. You see some people, definitely see with MPs, and I'm just like, this shit yeah. makes no sense at all, man. You've got people who actually make change, deliver on results, over-deliver, and they don't get any opportunities. So um, No, mate, this yeah, guy, that pisses he, me off. He, 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 he's managed 
Mm. Okay, he's managed some good teams, man. He's managed Bristol City. I don't know if they're a good team. Maybe I'm talking up my ass. He managed mm. Blackburn, Fulham, mm. Liverpool, West Brom, England, Crystal Palace, and now Watford. This guy's just, he's, he's unbeatable. You cannot eliminate him from the world. He has to physically die before he get, he's, he's not eligible to get another job. He'll just pop out of retirement and just do it again. All the people employing years him, old, man. All the people employing him must know these things. They must, stats, they must know these stats that you just said. Why the bloody hell? Okay, so nine times out of ten, they, they tend to get him in because the club is struggling with relegation and they want him to keep him up. That's, that, that's a lot of the reason why. So they're like, teams that have done really badly in the season, they'll get him into interim and see the team through and they'll mm. hope that he'll keep them in the Premier League. Or he might he might try and do well for them and settle the team in the in the championship. That's it. But is it because there's no one else? Is that the main thing here? I think there is an element of there's no one else, and there's also if you're battling relegation towards the end of the season, mm. you're going to go to a tried and trusted coach that you know what to expect. You're not going to take a risk when potentially you could be going down a division. And that is, so that argument is the you know the lesser of two evils. Like it is, it is a lesser. Who, of two who, evils. who is less shit? Like, like, and I guess when you, you got know, England on your resume, trust who you know or trust someone who you don't know. But what a choice is that, man? That's you, genuinely but, it. But if you, but if you know someone and they're shit, bloody hell, man. <laughs> God, and if, because he's got England on his resume, like that's oh yeah, you know, he's got England, England yeah, top, but top level. He failed dramatically at England. People, do not forget, this is the guy that got England knocked out of the World Cup in the group stages. Group mm. stages. We got battered in the Euros by Iceland. Oh, they had the uh... yeah, the clap, Iceland. Yeah, let me just man. check. Hang on, Roy Hodgson, England career, because you know sometimes I get things wrong. I'm happy to admit that. <laughs> Fat check, England Fat career. Check. He was from 2012 check. to 2016. Right, Four years, man. That's yeah. That's two campaign. tournaments or three tournaments, mm. I think. What did he do? Hang on, wait there, wait there, wait there. Here we go, England. Right, give it. A... Yeah, here we go. Euro 2012. What did he do? What did he do? England drew nil-nil with Italy and we went out 4-2 penalties. You know what? We've lost so many penalty shootouts, I genuinely cannot remember which one that was in 2012. Mm-hmm. Cool. Right. Next. World Cup 2014 qualification. So we qualified, we got through and what happened? We lost 2-1 to Italy in the opening match. We mm. then lost to Uruguay 2-1. We lost to Costa Rica 1-0. That's it. Then we are. And then he said, yeah. And then he said, I don't want to resign. Then in Euro 2016. <laughs> I, I don't want to. Ah, I'm not going. His, his exact words were, I don't have any intention to resign. Yeah. Don't call me a prick. My name is Roy Hudson. Yeah, that's how he talks. I live near Indy. <laughs> oh, God, man. Yeah, geez. Don't come near my yard, mate. You're not welcome. Um, yeah, in the Euro 2016 tournament, here's what happened. Yeah, go on. England progresses. Group, group stage runners up to Wales. Wales, right? Gareth Bale. Take that in. Wales. Gareth Okay, And then we got knocked out by Iceland in the round of 16. After that, he quit. Well, there's no way to go from there, is there? Failed manager. And he still got two more jobs after that. Yeah. I mean, it's just this... This can't be anybody else, man. And then it just says to me, it's like, am I going to get to a level one point where it's just like, well, I can't happen in medicine. It's like, you know... You don't really cure any patients anymore. You, you don't like I feel staff. like in medicine, there's there's much more like if you fail, like if you have gross misconduct, 
you're you, out, man. <laughs> you're, you're fucking done, isn't it? Yeah. yeah there yeah, is yeah, no yeah. gross misconduct in yeah, football. Yeah, it's yeah. like, oh, you just did a bad job. Don't worry, mate. Maybe yeah, it was yeah. maybe it was the, play, the players. The players didn't turn up. The weather, the wet, the grass was yeah, too long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe it was yeah. that. You know. Maybe you had too many injuries. You know. Or maybe you just shit. <laughs> right. too, many, too many variables in it. Yeah. There's no counter. Oh, another this example of this. Clearest one that people can draw. Remember Chelsea last year? They had Frank Lampard as manager. Okay. They sacked him. The new manager they the got in won them the Champions League the same season. So we had wow. the same, same players. Season. He didn't right. buy anybody new. He was just a better manager. Manager, yeah. yeah. And then Frank Lampard thing, look- has got another job now at Everton. This yeah. shows that the system is a little bit screwed because I get people deserve a second chance, but mm. that is that is something you can't get past. You've won the biggest stage and you've won the biggest trophy in football after you left the team. Yeah. That's basically complete to like, like that's said, basically complete level six thousand. You can't come back, can't come back from that. Just because you're a good player doesn't mean you can be a good man. It's a completely different skill set, man. Exactly. Anyway, we've gone super off track, but going back to this, let mm. let's give you one last scenario. Can a doctor relating yeah. to the pain a patient is going through genuinely help them? Do you feel like they can genuinely help them or not? If they do, because, relate or don't relate, because. Let's say if a patient comes in and says they've, they've yeah. got cancer and you've never had cancer, right? Yeah. You can't relate to that. But obviously, you're the one that's going to be prescribing them their course of treatment. Hmm. Obviously, there is sufficient training that goes into this to allow you hmm. to do something like that. Correct. Or allow you to handle that, that situation correctly. Hmm. But, and the key, the key medicine is not to over... You don't overcook it. I think what a lot of patients appreciate is... You need to be genuine and, you know, my favorite word, authentic. It's, you do say like, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to stand here and say that I know what you're going through. Okay. So to tell me, tell me, you know, where is the pain? What does it feel like? And then honestly, a lot of medicine is trial and error. And we are, I'm up front of my patients saying, look, okay, I'm going to try something. Let's see what benefit you get. If you get any benefit, if you do, then we can tweak and optimize. If you don't, then we've got other things to try. At least you're that's how we're going to work it out. You're saying you like, have yo, be- I'm, I'm just trying shit right now. This is how it goes. If it doesn't that, work, that is medicine. That is medicine, man. We, but that's but that's being open and honest about it. Yes, if a chancellor yes. came out and said, "I'm just trying shit here, mate. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna see how it goes." <laughs> no, you can't be doing that. Not when it affects doesn't the mass. Because yeah, at the mass level, they want certainty. People want certainty. If you don't give them certainty, then they're like, mm, "Was he fit to lead?" I have all the questions. They have to look ready and confident and have it all sorted out all of the time. Tough job, man. Tough job. Because they're not afforded the luxury of being completely honest. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. I feel like you have to have experts in each field. So have an expert in health, have an expert in culture, mm. have an expert mm. in, um, mm. I don't know, the economy as, as a chancellor, and then have somebody who's the prime minister above. That's probably the best way of doing it. So eliminate all this cabinet shit. It should just be, uh, it, sh- it should just be experts in the field that have been put forward, that have done well in the past, not not just been knocked up and fucking dredged up to the top because they've done shit in other jobs, right? They've got to have a good track record. And they should be proven in their mm-hmm. role, yeah? And then, bam, have it that way. That's probably the best way that you can run an efficient government. But, hey, what do we know? We're just two things on a podcast chatting shit. Concur. And on that note, I think we should end it there. Uh, guys, please do like comment share and subscribe on this uh episode if you haven't before please do send it to someone if you think they could enjoy a bit of a good rant and comparisons to football and comparisons to politics and Mm. comparisons to 
just life really at the beginning with Goran's productivity shit, you know? The difference in batching and multitasking. And stacking, anyway. Stack the shelves. Stack the shelves, thank you. I did do stacking shelves for my dad at the office. Anyway, off traffic, off traffic, off topic. All right. Traffic. Off traffic. After you know, the I'm tropics. After the tropics, I go. All right, catch you guys next week. Cheers. <laughs>